vision for this time, this 10 days Pentecost is, is kind of twofold. I want to explain a little bit about it. We want this. Um, this is like, a so our, as a, as a movement, our major focus is on doing 10 days in the fall, uh, during the 10 days of awe from the day of trumpets to the day of atonement. And last year we saw, uh, hundreds of gatherings take place. John 17 prayer gatherings that were 10 day long, 10 days long, these, these consecrated seasons. I'm going to share more about it in a minute. So we saw hundreds of those take place and, our vision for this 10 days Pentecost gathering that's happening on Zoom is that this is a time for people to taste and see. Uh, the fall 10 days is such a big commitment. We wanted to make something that was a little bit more accessible and you can literally access it from anywhere. If you have one of these, you can you can access this prayer meeting at any time. So it's, it's a taste and see opportunity and it's also an equipping opportunity where the teachings are gonna equip you, strengthen you, as we grow in the Lord, um, if as and even as we're thinking about doing things like like ten days of prayer in the fall, um, it's important that we encounter the Lord, and and have the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but also important that we understand a little bit more about why we might be doing these things. So, um, Grant Barry and I, Grant, why don't you say hi? We're going to be uh, facilitating the um, the teaching hours. So. Grant, over to you just for any any uh, greetings before we begin the next phase here. Beloved, we're just uh, so excited. Um, just be very curious as to what is in the Father's heart for this 10 days and just have a sense for him to bring us deeper into his heart, deeper into his love, um, really sense a, uh, uh, an expression of greater intimacy, especially with one another. We are a family, and he is mobilizing the watchman on the wall for this last phase in his plan. And and uh, so just so excited to be with everyone um, and uh, looking forward to uh, learning with you and praying with you and, uh, and uh, loving each of you as family. Amen. Thank you, Grant. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out here. We have uh, Papa Gaylord Enns on the call. Gaylord is going to be speaking tonight. Uh, well, I, I know it's all relative, but he's going to be speaking at our next teaching hour. So Gaylord, just uh, give us a greeting. I'm really looking forward to that time. Hi, it's great to be with you for 10 days prayer. And hi to all of you. God bless you. Uh, these are amazing days and never more strategic that the family, the body of Christ is uniting together um, uh, in our faith in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus Christ and our love for one another. And, uh, and then reaching out to those that are around us, our neighbors, and even those who consider themselves our enemies. Uh, the, we, we, we have the story to tell the gospel, the good news that the world needs. Uh, I see no other hope than that, um, that Jesus becomes Lord. And so uh, I'm privileged to be with you guys today. Bless you, Jonathan and uh, Grant and Hallie. Bless you guys and all the rest of you. Good to see you. Gaylord, why don't you, 
as we as we launch here as we as we launch this time why don't you just say a prayer for us um just a commissioning prayer as we enter into this 240 hours of prayer so father what we enter into in this moment and going forward in these hours in these next 10 days um, is not a work of flesh uh, it's not our attempt to do something you like. It is us coming lovingly to you who have loved uh, the one who has loved us unconditionally. And we welcome you to come Holy Spirit and literally uh, canopy us in these 10 days in a sense of your nearness, your presence and your great love for us as your sons and daughters. We thank you for the privilege of just being called by your name. What a gift, what a grace. And we thank you, give us ears to hear what you are saying to each of us individually and to us collectively during these days. We say yes, Lord, to that. And um, we now commission this time, Lord, it's yours, it belongs to you. And we are yours. Thank you. Amen. 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 Michael, would you just, Michael Emmanuel, would you just pray a prayer from uh, Africa? Just pray a prayer of commissioning and dedication. Father, we are so thankful for the joy to witness um, another beginning of our uh, 10th Pentecost on behalf of the continent of Africa. I want to say, Father, we want to submit to you these 240 hours of standing in your presence. What a joy that we can come from every part of the world, from different parts of the world, to access your presence, to listen to your heartbeat, to hear what you are saying to us at this moment. So, Abba Father, we want to commit to you the entirety of these 240 hours. We ask for your leading, your guidance and your direction. According to your word in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, the B part of it, Paul says, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep whatsoever I have entrusted to him until that day. Unto your holy and faithful hand, we entrust every single hour every single moment of these 240 hours, will you lead us? Will you guide us? Will you speak to us? Will you minister to us? Will you transform us, oh God? Will you cleanse us? Will you sanctify us? Every single thing that we need as individuals, as families, as organizations, as ministries, as many of us has come to your presence in the course of this 10 days Pentecost, Abba Father, reach out to us in your mercy and love. Reach out to the very need of our hearts and the very need of our soul, the very need of our family. Transform us by the power of your word and through your love. We thank you, Abba Father, as we consecrate and dedicate to you these 240 hours. Have your way and let your name be glorified. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 Grant, would you just pray one more uh, dedicating prayer and then we'll, we'll dive into the, the teaching segment. Let's just uh, 
Let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. Father, we just invite you by your spirit to consecrate this time. We confess our sins, our weaknesses, our humanity. And we ask, Father, that we could flow with you, move with you, hear and sense your heartbeat. Lord, would you come? Would you come with the fullness of your love and the fullness of your glory? Father, would you make yourself known deeper to us? Yeshua, be lifted up in our midst and Holy Spirit, come and make the Father and the Son known to us in, in deeper ways, Lord, that your love would just be a wellspring from our hearts and flow out of us with joy and peace and victory and overcoming with great hope that we have, Father, as our eyes are set on you. And so, Lord, we, we just yield and yield our hearts and Pray that we would be consecrated to you, Lord, in this time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are going to just, uh, as I mentioned, this is going to be a time for teaching and equipping um, around the themes of of 10 days, our, our heart, our vision, our goal, um, is kind of rooted in Jesus prayer in John 17, where he prays for his disciples, let them be one just as we are one. And so I like to say that Jesus is going to get what he prayed for. Jesus gets what he prays for. I think that's good theology. Um, and so we can expect if we see the church divided, if we see us not being one as the father and son are one, that there is a plan in the father's heart to bring that about. Um, Ephesians 4 also talks about this same reality. It talks about how there's this work of equipping happening in the church until we reach the unity of the faith. And so there's this building up that's happening. It's a, uh, God is very long, long-term strategic thinker. So this is a multi-year strategy to um, bring the church into this unity and to cause us to be prepared as a bride uh, for his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, corporately, as like a second Eve um, taken out of the rib of Jesus and uh, formed into a fitting companion for him. And so we believe God is doing that like that's part of his long-term strategy. That's part of his plan. But, but my belief is that these seasons of consecration, uh, intensive times of prayer, worship, repentance are part of God's plan uh, to see this happen in the church. And so I'm going to share a little bit, just I'm going to lay some foundations about 10 days. I'm going to share a little bit of the journey uh, of how we got here. Some of you will recognize certain parts of this story. Um, 
But I think just as we as we launch into this, I want to give us a little bit of understanding around why we're doing this and uh, some of what just like what we hope to see happen. So um, I'm going to just share my screen if I can here. And I, this document I'm just sharing from is available if you go to 10days.net. Um, it's available right on the website. And so you're welcome to take a look at it. I'm just going to move it down here, but I just want to lay out to you a little bit about what 10 days is and uh, what we're inviting people into. Um, now this 10 days we're doing leading up to Pentecost, as I mentioned, it's an equipping event for uh, our kind of larger focus, which is on the 10 days of awe. I'm going to share a little bit about how that happened and, and why we're doing things this way. So in 2004, I had an encounter with the Lord. I was 22. and um, the Lord spoke this phrase to me, Babylon refuses to mourn, but my people will mourn before I return. It's a reference to the book of Revelation chapter 18. And if you're anything like me, I had no idea what God meant. It sounded very weird um, and uh, very cryptic. And, you know, a lot of times when God wants us to sort something out, he'll kind of speak to us in a, in a way that's a little bit mysterious. So it's part of his ways. Um, he's not always a direct communicator. Sometimes he is, but he also uh, enjoys kind of like a mystery. It says it's the the glory of man to unveil a, a matter. It's, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to find it out. And so God spoke this phrase to me. He showed me this 10-day time period from the day of trumpets to the day of atonement, known as the days of awe. Uh, it's a 10-day period of time based on the fall uh, biblical feast. So he showed me this time frame. He said, call my people to 10 days of mourning, fasting, and repentance during this time. Um, I was like, well, that doesn't sound very fun. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, he, he also, I said, God, who is this for? I was thinking probably this is for my city. And he showed me a map that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I understood this is going to be really something that he wants to do nationally and globally. And so that really uh, scared me. I was, I was pretty afraid of that. And then finally, he showed me a city that had stopped everything for 10 days. So uh, no, people weren't going to work, people weren't going to school, people weren't doing normal life. Um, and it wasn't because of a pandemic either. I know we've actually had some experiences of this in the last uh, few years, but people were, were just devoting themselves to worship, to prayer, um, to seeking God's face, to repentance. And this city that I saw was just covered in the glory of God. It was like if you took the throne room in heaven in Revelation 4 and 5 and you superimposed it on a city, that's what I was seeing, this incredible um, season where the whole city was seeking God. I knew this city would never be the same. And I asked the Lord, how would you respond if a city sought you in this way? And then secondly, I asked him, is this how you want to answer Jesus' prayer in John 17? Is this how you want to answer Jesus' prayer? Let them be one as we are one. And so that's, that's kind of the basic vision for the fall 10 days or the, the 10 days of awe that we're inviting people around the world to join in. But that night, it was a very special night for me. It didn't stop there. 
God said, you're also going to pray for 10 days leading up to Pentecost this year. He said this year. So that year was 2005. So I, I told the Lord, I was like, Lord, this is too much 10 days, too much 10 days. And I kind of reasoned with him that, that nobody was going to stop everything to do 10 days once a year and much less twice a year. Um, but that's not what he told me. He said, you're going to, you, me, I am going to pray for 10 days leading up to Pentecost that year. So I found out just a few weeks later, a friend of mine named John Robb, who is, uh, at the time I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, and John is just, a kind of, a uh, uh, amazing person in the global prayer world. And John, uh, was connected to another group that we're still partnering with, the Global Day of Prayer. And he he told me about this Global Day of Prayer that was happening for the first time in 2005 on Pentecost Sunday, the same day God had given me, and that they also, as part of their global movement, were calling for 10 days of prayer leading up to Pentecost. And I thought, wow, that is the most amazing thing at the time that had ever happened to me that God would tell me to do something that year. And that year happens to be when this immense global prayer movement is, is taking place uh, on the same dates. I was like, mind blown. You know, sometimes when you're first experiencing God doing amazing things, you don't really have a context for it. You're just like, wow, this is the most amazing thing in my life. And so I concluded from that, that definitely revival was coming that year. I'm like, I don't see any other explanation. Uh, that didn't turn out to be exactly what happened, but you can see why I was excited about it because it was a remarkable confirmation from the Lord of this whole vision. And um, and so those two dynamics of those two 10-day time periods have, have continued to play out since we really want to emphasize the fall, but we've always kind of had this like a toe in the water with the spring um, just from that first moment. Um, and so I'm going to just walk us through uh, not just the story, but actually what is 10 days. So God gave us a vision, but we've actually been trying to do it for uh, at this point, 17, 18 years. And um, as we've, we've tried to do it, we've learned a few things. And I want to just share a little bit about this because I think God wants to do this in every city. I just think he wants to do it all over the world. He is looking for prayer to surge during these times. He's looking for repentance. He's looking for worship. These are like divine appointments for us. And so um, the first thing I want to just get your mind around is this idea of, of a season where you just clear out everything in your life with your family. I don't ever want to separate it from family. Some of us have small children. Uh, some of us have, you know, there's just different things happening in our lives. We're not saying, you know, get rid of that, obviously. <laughs> Uh, I have six kids myself, so I know what it's like to do this uh, with 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 a lot of small children. But if you took time off from everything else, from from work, from school, uh, from your entertainment sources, um, in order to focus on the Lord, um, and we know that's not the way life works normally. Um, but what if you could consecrate, literally set apart a season of time? Uh, to do this? And what if you could do it with believers all over the world? So what if we could do it not just with a few other believers, but actually with hundreds of thousands and even millions of believers around the world 
to enter into this time where we're we're getting rid of everything else, good things, bad things, um, and we're just putting our entire focus on Jesus, giving ourselves totally to prayer. Um, this is what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see happen. What I've discovered is when I do that, personally, God changes me in ways that 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 I just am not changed in normal life. I love no, I, I love normal life. In fact, I would even say I prefer normal life because I like doing just the normal things that I do. Um, coming up to 10 days, I'm always like, okay, this is going to be intense. But I, uh, I value that because of how God moves in me um, and changes me and transforms me. And likewise, when we do that as a church or as a city or as the world, that effect gets multiplied um, across. So, so when we agree to do it together, it um, just impacts us incredibly. Um, so what do we do during this 10 days? What do we want to do? Uh, the word I got from the Lord was um, Babylon refuses to mourn, but my people will mourn before I return. And so what does it mean to mourn? Um, you know, I don't want to be too literalistic. I don't think it means necessarily we need to put on sackcloth and ashes, although that would be fine. But I think it's about humbling ourselves. Um, it's about going low before God, allowing ourselves to experience um, the ways in which we've departed from God's ways, the ways in which the world around us is broken and our incredible need for God. Mourning is about what we, what we lack and what we've lost. Um, and so it's a time of mourning. It's a time of humbling ourselves. 10 days is a time of fasting. Now, we're not necessarily inviting people during this 10 days Pentecost to do a fast, but you might want to do a fast part of the time. But certainly in the fall, we're, we're really encouraging people to fast. And then it's a time of repentance. I really want to hit this. Repentance does not just mean confession of sin. Repentance also is, is about changing your mind, or that's the Greek word for repentance, but in Hebrew, it means to turn. And, and so it's like you're going in one direction, you turn and go the other direction. So in both of those things, it's not just acknowledging what you're doing is wrong. It's actually turning towards what's right or changing your mind towards what's good. So that's really where we want to end up, not just like getting rid of the bad stuff, but becoming positively who God is calling us to be both as individuals and then corporately. Um, and so it's, it's really turning towards God in this place of repentance. Um, 10 days. And once again, I'm speaking about the fall 10 days. It's set during the fall feasts. Um, so there are two sets of biblical feasts. Uh, the, the spring feast was usually called the spring feast, which uh, are the ones that we celebrate right now. Uh, <laughs> we're coming up on Pentecost, which is one of the four spring feasts. And the amazing thing about these spring feasts like Passover, Pentecost, is that when Jesus came the first time, he fulfilled all of these feasts on the exact day of the feast. It's amazing. Um, we know that... Um, you know, the events of Passover week, Jesus became the, the sacrificial lamb and, and he became the first fruits from the dead on the day of first fruits within Passover week. On Pentecost, the celebration of the giving of the law, the new law 
was poured out, the law that's on your heart by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, amazing parallelism. Uh, it, in the giving of the law in the Old Covenant, 3,000 people died. On, on Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved. <laughs> you know, you can't make this stuff up. It's pretty amazing. And so these, these, these spring feasts had a significant fulfillment when, when Jesus came the first time and around his first coming. And I think, you know, it's, I think it's safe to say that these fall feasts are significant for the Lord's second coming. Um, there are things, um, yes, that have been fulfilled in his first coming for these fall feasts. I think about atonement in particular, but there are things that are going to be revealed and unveiled, um, you know, in these fall feasts. And so as we're coming into this time period, we're coming into a time period that prophetically is declaring something about the return of the Lord. And that's a major theme of the 10 days is preparing ourselves for the Lord's coming. Um, this is something we're going to do every year. This, you know, certain, certain things I think are for a time and a season and that's fine. Um, I've done a lot of one-off events that have been really valuable, but this is something that we view as an annual rhythm. And so as you enter into it, we want you to consider that like, Hey, this isn't just a one-off thing. This is something we believe God is looking for. We believe God is looking for, uh, fasting, prayer, mourning during these days of awe. And we believe it's going to be increasing year after year. And, and I'm going to say, I'm just going to say this too. It's not just through quote unquote, the 10 days movement, we're creating organization to facilitate calling people into this vision, but we really don't care if why they're doing it. We just believe God wants people seeking his face during this time. If it's through other movements, other, you know, we need um, more people in the body of Christ to be doing this. So we're really trying to just create a culture where this is a normal annual rhythm in the body of Christ. Can you just imagine in your, in your local church setting, if this was a normal rhythm where people are just encountering the Lord dynamically, they're, they're clearing their schedule for these 10 days, they're seeing God move, um, they're experiencing personal transformation. That's what we're envisioning. And, and we're envisioning as a way God is, is going to grow uh, the church into maturity. Um, not just numerically, but actually bring us into that place of John 17 unity. So this is something that happens in many places at the same time. Early on, uh, when I was casting this vision in different places, people would be like, great, so you're going to be here for the 10 days. And I would be like, no, I'm not going to be here um, because that's that's not what we're trying to do. I can only be in one place. I do like to visit multiple locations each year but this is something we want to see happen organized independently all over the world at the same time. Why are we doing it that way? Because we can't think of any other way to get the whole globe to pray together. <laughs> it's got to be decentralized. Um, and it's got to be uh, just something that God is doing in your city. And so we have seen literally hundreds of people, hundreds of leaders organize these independent events um, it, and it's 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 been amazing. So God is doing it. Uh, we want to see it happening though in in even more places uh, around the world. So, just sharing a little bit more, what is ten days? It's something that's decentralized organizationally and connected relationally. 
So we are not a bunch of micromanagers um, trying to, to tell you exactly how to do things. We're also not going to uh, be in a position where we're paying staff to go and start 10 days different places. Um, rather, we're looking to connect with local leaders of a, of a good heart, of a similar heart, and um, give them a tremendous amount of freedom to do this, inspire, connect. But then we want to stay connected relationally. We want to be friends because we think what God is doing uh, globally is really exciting. And we really think we need each other. And so also we just lo- we learn so much from what people do in other places. And so we're trying to create a global place of connection uh, where we can be friends and love each other and learn from each other um, while allowing each location to, to be organized separately. So um, if you read the New Testament, you'll notice that um, it refers a lot to the church in a city or in a region. Um, you know, I was reading the book of Colossians <clears throat> And I found it interesting that it was addressed to the church in the city of Colossae, not to like First Baptist Church in, in Colossae, uh, not to the house church that meets at this person's. It was, it was addressed to a citywide church. And we think one aspect of what God is doing is bringing back that expression of the citywide and regional church. And so for, for 10 days, we really want to organize it uh, by geography. It's not primarily for local congregations. It's primarily a way to, um, to connect the body of Christ in a whole area, whether that be a town, a city, a region, uh, or whatever. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't just have a very simple 10 days with a small group of people or in your local church. That's fine. Uh, it's just this is, this is kind of like this is the vision. We're just, we're just sharing it. Um, but you can depart from certain aspects at times, but that's kind of our heart. We want to see the body of Christ in a region become one. And um, so a lot of times we'll connect with existing citywide um, unity movements that are uniting the churches already. Like um, just because I can see Gaylord. Gaylord has done this for years in the city of Chico and in the surrounding counties. He's, he's kind of like a uniter in that region. And so that's exactly the kind of thing we want to support. And that's the kind of thing that 10 days can really help advance. Um, and, and we see it help those movements both have something to do and together and also the prayer and uh, coming together in the presence of God, it unites people even further. Uh, it's like a family reunion for the body of Christ. Uh, Cause we, we know every Sunday, every, like there are different parts of the body that need to be doing what they're doing but we also have to have times to come together. Um, so just another way to say the same thing, 10 days is for citywide churches. Um, citywide is just a shorthand way to say a ge- the church in a geographical region. And what we're doing is we're just connecting back to that New Testament understanding of the church, the church in Laodicea, the church in Philadelphia, uh, the church in Rome. That's what we're talking about. That's what 10 days is for. We want to see those churches come together and become visible for a season. Um, so a couple more things. I've already mentioned this, but um, our big idea, our driving idea is around this idea of a city that has stopped everything. Um, 
in uh, 2020, right when everything shut down, uh, my phone was kind of blowing up. People were like, Frizz, cities are stopping. <laughs> and it was just so funny because the idea and the, the, the reality was that um, lots of people, you know, I was like committed to this because I felt like God wanted it to happen. But I told the Lord, like, hey, I don't think I don't know how this is going to happen. But lots of people didn't have that experience, that encounter. And so they'd hear me share this and they're like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, well, if the pandemic has showed us anything, it's that cities can stop. They can be shut down. Now, the pandemic wasn't what I saw. Um, but I think it does show us, OK, this is something that can happen. What we want to see is cities shut down, not because of a virus, but because of the name of Jesus to, <laughs> to where nothing is more important than worship, you know, just where people can't stay away from his presence, from his his worth, where we're really celebrating him, honoring him, mourning, longing for him in the way that he deserves. And so um, I'm a I'm a good evangelical boy. So I, I love the Bible. And so when the Holy Spirit talks to me, I'm always like, give me a Bible verse, Lord. <laughs> and uh, so the Lord gave me two examples biblically of this. And one is right there in, um, in uh, Acts chapter one, where the 120 waited on God's promise for 10 days, followed by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's a great example of stopping everything. It says they devoted themselves to prayer with one mind. And then another example, which hits on the citywide piece, is the city of Nineveh. It's interesting, also has that 120 number in it, where 120,000 suspended normal life for three days. I think it's three days, but it, maybe it's not explicit. But for an extended season of prayer and fasting, even the animals wearing sackcloth and ashes. And so what I like to say is 10 days is the upper room meets Nineveh. It starts in the upper room. It starts with, with me as a believer, but it starts with us um, as believers coming together and uniting. It ends in Nineveh where we're seeing a massive movement of repentance, where we're seeing these, these seemingly impossible nuts to crack <laughs> you know, I think like the modern day Nineveh would be like Las Vegas or something like that. You know, the city where you're just like, okay, that, that place is hopeless. But God is saying, no, I'm, I'm going to bring about something that is going to stop these Ninevehs, bring them into repentance. Um, and so that is, that's, that's what we're going for. That's what we believe. I, I believe that's what God wants to do. And uh, that's what we're definitely giving our lives in order to see happen. But it takes perseverance. It takes endurance. It takes just doing this, uh, you know, without stopping. Um, and then I think we'll, we're going to reach a point where I think in God's sovereign timing, there's going to just be an exceptional release of his glory um, that's going to make this possible. Uh, we understand it's impossible. I think that's maybe that's some, hey, that's impossible. Yes, absolutely impossible. We're, we're okay with that. But we want, we, we serve a God who likes to do impossible things. Everything he does mostly is impossible. And so we feel like this is an impossible thing 
that God wants to do. And he's the God who does the impossible. So um, we are really, I've already mentioned this several times, so I'll mention it again. We're very motivated and driven by Jesus' prayer in John 17. Um, so everything we do, we want to be permeated with that. Um, growing in love for one another. We always start out, uh, one of our first speakers is always Gaylord. Um, if, if we can get him, of course. <laughs> but we, it's because his message is about loving one another in John 13 and how that builds and produces the mature expression of that in John 17, where we're one as the father and son are one. And so this is really a motivating factor for us that, that God, just get, the, get your mind around this. God is planning. This is way more impossible than cities stopping. This is like way more impossible that human beings could be one together as God, the father is one with God, the son. That's what Jesus prays for. Let them be one just as we are one. Um, I went to seminary and I studied Greek. And so uh, the Greek word there uh, that's translated just as, do you know what it means? It means just as it's, it's as, which is like means equal to, and then it has an intensifier on it. It means exactly that. Jesus is really praying that his church on earth in this age would be, would, would experience and manifest the oneness that the father and the son have. He's really praying that it's crazy. And when that happens, it's not going to be a mystery. Like Jesus says, the world will know that you sent me. It's going to be something that is visible and, and is, um, causes the world to know who Jesus is. And he says that I have loved you, that the father has loved you, even as he loved me. We miss that sometimes. Like Jesus is not only interested in revealing himself to the world he's also interested in revealing us to the world how how uh, how amazing is that that he would want us to be known by uh by the world as those who the father loves just as the father loves jesus but it makes sense because he's 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 getting married you know <laughs> i i tell people all the time you don't really know me until you know my wife and my family and uh, Jesus feels the same way about us as his bride. It's, it's this incredible, intimate connection. And he is, he is determined. He's passionate about it. He's zealous for it. And we're, we're really driven by that. We want to see Jesus get this thing that he prayed for. So, um, and we want it to just kind of permeate everything that we do. Um, yeah, 10 days is a flexible framework, just at a structural level. We have seen these kind of gatherings organized in just about every way you can imagine. Last year, we had one on a train, which I think was a first. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a train in India. I was like, that's amazing. Um, but you can blend it with other gatherings. Um, you can call it something else. Uh, I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday. If you want to call it something else, it's fine. Um, you can do it in a single location. You can do it in a retreat, you can do it in a tent. You can do it um, in multiple sites and kind of move around the city. 
Um, there's so many different ways to do it, but the, the, the end goal is just that we're seeking God together with fasting, mourning, and repentance during, during the same time period. So it is a tool for transformation, for city transformation. I know some of you, maybe not everyone, but some of you have been exposed to um, some of the videos by George Otis and the Sentinel Group um, that, that document, their documentaries document extraordinary moves of God around the world that are creating what they call transforming revival. So revival that not only impacts the lives of individuals, but is actually impacting entire cities, regions, and even the earth, even uh, having miraculous things happen in the soil, in the water, in the ocean, and uh, just incredible, incredible, incredible stories. And so um, in 2007, before we had already done some things with 10 days um, at that point, I went down to hear some of these people from Fiji. They were part of a group called the Healing the Land Team, and they were just seeing incredible miracles happen. Um, people being raised from the dead, um, just entire cities coming to know Jesus, entire villages, I should say, and uh, ecological miracles where streams would that were poisoned would come to life. And um, even coral reefs that had died, you know, coming back to life miraculously. I was like, wow, I got to go hear what these people do. This is amazing. And so what their strategy was, was they'd come into a city, they'd be invited into a city by the, the chief. This is a tribal culture. And the chief would tell everyone, okay, we're going to shut down everything in the city or the, the, the village for seven to 10 days. I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting. And they would um, take this extended season of time. They would do repentance from house to house. They'd have three daily prayer meetings. And, um, you know, kind of in the morning, the afternoon, and then in the evening. And then they said there'd always, they'd reconcile people. They'd get rid of idols. This was a tribal society. They, they literally had idols that they were worshiping. And they said there was a moment that always happened. Um, wasn't always consistent in the timing, but usually about seven days. And they said, it's the moment when God came to town. And they said, usually he would come with rain, but it would be different. Um, but usually it was manifested in the natural by rain. And then after that, everything would be different. There would be a breakthrough. Um, the miraculous would be very common. Salvation, these healing of the land miracles would happen. And so I'm listening to this and I'm just like, this is exactly what 10 days is, is designed to be shut down a city, <laughs> repent, clean house, um, get clean, get right with God, get right with other people and devote yourself to prayer and worship. And then God comes to town. And we've actually seen that happen um, in several different places that have done 10 days, that same dynamic that was described in Fiji, we've seen happen in other places. And so this is a tool to transform your city. Um, God can really use this. Now, it doesn't happen every time we do it, but, but I'm just saying, like, I believe that's what God wants to do through this, this strategy. Um, yeah, and then finally, like, let's not make it too complicated. Ten days at its heart, it's just a prayer meeting. It's just a long prayer meeting. <laughs> um, it's just setting your heart on, okay, we, uh, we 
you know, first of all, God, you're worthy. Um, you're worthy. I am not seeing you as I should rightly. My perception of you is distorted. I need time to seek your face, to really come to know you. But secondly, we have problems that we can't solve, Lord. we need your intervention. Um, I like to tell people, if you have a problem that you can solve, solve it. Don't pray about it. Just do it. Like this guy doesn't have a coat and you have a coat. We'll give him a coat. Um, that's pretty easy. But if you have problems you can't solve, then you need to pray that we need to pray. And we are facing a lot of problems we can't solve right now in the world. So it's the worthiness of God and his glory and our very, very tiny perception of it. Our, our perception of it is so poor and we need to increase that, but it's, it, it's that. And then it's also our need. Um, so we need to know who he is most of all, but we also have needs and problems that we need divine intervention for. So 10 days is a prayer meeting. And, um, that is probably, I'm just going to wrap up there in terms of, um, sharing what is 10 days, but thank you guys so much for being with us and, and listening. Um, my prayer, um, it's just that this time is going to be catalytic to launching us into not just this fall, but, but future fall gatherings that we're going to see a, a shift in the culture of the church. Not so much the quote unquote 10 days movement or whatever organization. No, we, we just want to see a shift in the church so that this becomes normal. This becomes the new normal that cities are stopping to seek God's face, that God is showing up and powerfully encountering people um, during these 10 days of awe that prophetically are declaring the reality that Jesus is coming soon. That's what those, that's what those fall days are declaring. They're declaring Jesus is coming soon. He is coming. He is coming. And in coming back to that, we're saying, Lord, we want to be those who are watching and waiting at the time of your return. We want to be those who are eagerly waiting, um, anticipating your coming, Lord. We want to be prepared. We want to be ready. We don't want to be caught unawares. I'm just going to, I know I said I was going to close, but I'm just going to close with this. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be like Paul and say finally five times before I, I end my, in my remarks, but um, at least there's biblical precedent for it. So, I think it's amazing that the church was born in a 10 day prayer meeting. <laughs> so Jesus ascended 40 days after the resurrection. Uh, there's, there's 50 days from the resurrection to Pentecost and 120 disciples came into this 10 day prayer meeting in one accord in the upper room. And out of that prayer meeting, waiting on the promise of the father, the church was born. And so just think about from that, the last 2000 years, what's happened since then. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the very ends of the earth. And we have seen that happen in incredible ways. Since, since 1900, the weight of the church has shifted from um, North America and Europe 
to Asia and Africa. Two thirds of all believers now are in Asia and Africa. There were, I think, 8.7 million Christians in Africa in 1900. Now there's like 550 million. I'm just, numbers might be slightly off, but, but they're, they're, so like God is doing an incredible thing to go to all the nations and, and really like the, the furthest islands have heard the testimony of the gospel, just like Jesus said, just like Isaiah, the prophet said, and what's happening right now is everything's gone out and everything's starting to converge back. So it came out of Jerusalem, Judea, and God went to the ends of the earth. And now it's starting to come back. And God is bringing us back to where it all started. So the upper room is where it started, but we're not in the same place anymore. And so now we're, we're, we're focusing on these 10 days of awe in the fall. It's like bringing the whole thing to completion, this whole in-between season between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. I believe God's just calling us back to where it began um, to be reborn. There's this beautiful part in Song of Songs 8 that says, just bring me back under the, the apple tree um, where I was conceived. So it's just it's like coming back to where it began. Um, and I believe God is doing that with us. He's bringing us back under this pleasant apple tree, get ready for his coming. And um, it's, it's exciting. I'm excited just sharing about it. I get excited because I think it's, it's just very much on God's heart. And uh, so anyway, I'm going to wrap it up there, but um, thanks so much for, for being with us. And I'm just so excited to see what God is going to do um, in the next 240 hours. Yep. All began in Jerusalem and it's all, it's all going back. So let me just close in prayer. Father, uh, we, we want to dedicate this uh, upper room gathering to you, Lord, like the disciples leading up to Pentecost. There's uh, I guess a little more than 120 of us in this room, um, Lord, but we are all the fruit of what happened there, Lord. we're all the fruit of we have come forth because of the faithful witness of your servants who have uh, laid down their lives, Lord, to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. And now here we are gathered from all the nations, Lord, using technology in a common platform. And Holy Spirit, we just say, would you come? We thank you that you're already with us. But uh, Father, we just ask for more, a greater release of the presence and the power of the, of the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you just come and pour out in our midst? Lord, we want to pray for uh, that John 17 reality to manifest uh, among your people. Lord, you said, let, they will all be one. Let them be one just as we are one. Father, we just want to take Jesus at his word. And we want to agree with that prayer. We ask for a manifestation of it here in this Zoom space um, over the next 10 days. And God, we just want to say we love you. And this is for you. Lord, would you just be honored um, through this time, through these prayers, through the worship, um, through everything that takes place, all the teachings, but we just wanted to bring honor and glory to you. And we wanted to strengthen and encourage your saints and your believers, uh, both those that are able to join us, God, but, but even those who aren't. Uh, we pray that the prayers would impact them and change them and transform them. In Jesus' name we pray these things. 
Amen. <laughs>